Now that the pads are on at Chicago Bears training camp, the position battles are heating up. And we're getting some more details on what we're seeing in the new open cornerback battle, as well as a newcomer to the defensive line competing with one of the promising rookies standing out, and also some insight from Khalil Herbert on pass protection and trying to be that all-around number one running back. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for more Bears talk. And you can join the Locked On Bears subtext group for even more exclusive in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. On the show today, we check in on some of the Bears' big positional battles at training camp, starting with cornerback. We, we dabbled into it a little bit yesterday, asking, is there a cornerback battle? Well, now today we learn, yes, there is definitely a cornerback battle. And Tyreek Stevenson himself shared some of what that experience has been like with him, what he's learning out there, where he's making mistakes, what he still needs to get improvement on, and how Terrell Smith is really pushing him on the field. Then we'll check in with Jervon Dexter, a guy who's starting to get some attention just for his pure strength and physical tools, but also still, I think, important to keep in mind that he has a long way to go. But we'll check in on him and the newest member of the Chicago Bears defensive line. They signed the free agent Bravion Roy from the Carolina Panthers. So we'll look at where he fits on this Bears depth chart. And we'll wrap up with the running back spot, Khalil Herbert versus Dante Foreman, with an update on one of the weaknesses in Herbert's game, pass protection, and how he's approaching things differently this year. But I want to start now with cornerback. We touched on it a little bit yesterday on the podcast with, with some level of confusion because, you know, over the weekend, we heard defensive coordinator Alan Williams say, you know, yeah, Terrell Smith was getting some first team reps, but he said, you know, don't read into anything just yet. You know, we're just giving guys extra opportunities here and there to try and rotate guys through. So everyone's getting, you know, ramping up properly and getting the same number of snaps and trying to kind of make sure that you're not overworking anybody early on. So don't read into who's in the first string and who's in the second string. But then now all of a sudden, Matt Eberflus says, yeah, open competition for that number two cornerback spot. It's not just handed to Tyreek Stevenson the way we kind of thought entering training camp, right? He was the number one, I mean, was sort of the number one on, on, at the outside spot opposite Jalen Johnson, of course. Jalen Johnson is the number one cornerback, but you know, the number one guy for that second job was Tyreek Stevenson, and everybody else was kind of coming for him to try and compete and push him for it. But ultimately, they're really uh, making sure that seems even more open now. So no one is handed anything. No one is guaranteed anything. And the rookie from Minnesota, Terrell Smith, who Iberfus refers to as Smitty, is uh, really rising up in that competition. And I don't think we can totally count out Kindle Vildor here either, even though his name has not been one that has come up a lot in this discussion. But I, I thought Tyreek Stevenson in particular is handling this really well and I think taking the right approach for a rookie here who admits like, yeah, I, I, you know, I made some mistakes as expected and that's what's led this to be an open competition. 
Last week it seemed like that corner spot was yours to lose. Now you see Terrell's getting in there in the mix. He's getting at least as many reps with the ones as you are. What, if anything, have the coaches told you about that competition and, and maybe what you need to do to solidify that spot? Uh, nothing really. Um, you know, it's a competition to the end. We both got drafted. Fair opportunities don't it really don't matter where you got drafted at. Uh, end of the day, he come in every day with his head down, willing to work just as I am. Uh, I had a couple slip ups, you know, as a rookie, and you know they made it. They, 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 well, they didn't tell me anything, but they made it real clear that it's gonna be a competition. You know, I didn't earn anything. I have no stripes in the league, so just you know, every day we come in, we smile at each other. You know, we also know that we both working for the same position. Coach Blue said that some of those slip-ups that you kind of reference are to be expected from a rookie actually coming in and competing against guys like DJ and Moon and those guys. What are some of those things that you feel like you need to tighten up? Uh, I would say my knowledge of the game, um, understanding, you know, what comes with certain players and what comes with certain type of down and distances and stuff. Uh, basically, just understanding what type of player I'm going against. You know, Chase Claypool is totally different from a DJ Moore. And... No, sometimes I won't say I struggle with it, but you know, having that mental that mental capacity to be able to switch in and out instead of going out there, you know, like I'm in college and just playing everybody the same way. The Chicago Bears drafted Tyreek Stevenson in the second round. I think anticipating that he's going to eventually, sooner rather than later, step into that starting outside cornerback role. They traded up for him in particular in that second round. But just because they took him 56th overall doesn't necessarily mean they have to go into training camp saying he's the guy no matter what, right? I think it's it's very healthy and good for him to be pushed in this way, to not just have earned it purely based on OTAs and minicamp, but to kind of keep that competition, keep that juice, keep that sort of unearned feeling going. And I, I thought Stevenson handled that really well, saying, you know, like he said, like it, that he hasn't earned anything yet. It doesn't matter where you got drafted. If you slip up, they, they're going to make it clear it's a competition. And you know, he's going up against some pretty stellar, you know, opposing competition at wide receiver on each and every snap. And so it'll be a good barometer then for Terrell Smith, too. I think this will be really good for both of their development. Like, obviously, you'd like to get settled into a starting lineup here sooner rather than later. And I think we're all still expecting Stevenson to be the guy. You know, you don't draft Terrell Smith in the fifth round thinking he's going to step in necessarily and right away be a week one starter at cornerback. But we've seen crazier things happen. We've certainly seen later round picks and the defensive backfield be able to step in and start early in their careers. So we certainly can't rule anything out in that regard. But like as much as draft status isn't handing them anything, it is an indicator of how much faith the Chicago Bears had in both them and perhaps how much talent and each one of these guys may have, but it's also about what you do with that talent and what you do with the coaching that you receive and how you learn to adjust from the things you were doing in college, like playing guys kind of the same way, like Stevenson said, to really learning that, yeah, the six foot four Chase Claypool's got to be played a little differently than the five foot ten Darnell Mooney. So I, it'll be fun to see how that development takes place throughout training camp here, especially as the pads get on and those guys can get even more physical on the outside. With the pads on now, we're getting a better sense of the offensive and defensive linemen. And in particular, Jervon Dexter has been a popular name that we're all getting to know a little bit more and seeing some of that brute strength that he has on the defensive line. We'll check in on his development and where he's making progress and where he's still got some work to do next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you're going to get 10 times your first bet amount back to you in bonus bets up to $200. So if you bet $20, 
you'll instantly land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can keep betting on who's going to hit the first home run, or you could take that $200 and turn it and bet on your Chicago Bears. Bet on Justin Fields' MVP odds, who's receiving a lot of bets on his MVP odds. Odds for Matt Eberflus to be coach of the year, odds on where the Bears will finish in the NFC North, and even week one odds against the Green Bay Packers. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the NFL or Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the Major League Baseball and the NFL. Jervon Dexter comes into the Chicago Bears as perhaps the most raw prospect they drafted. I mean, maybe Zach Pickens and some of the later on guys can be in that conversation, but we knew coming in that Dexter was a guy who it's going to be a slow buildup, right? It's going to be a developmental project. But the fact that you draft him, I think, with 53rd overall suggests there's a lot of faith in his tools and how moldable those tools may be to develop into something potentially special on that defensive line. And already at the start of, you know, training camp, even before the pads went on and now that the pads came on, you know, his teammates and I guess they're all his teammates, but his his, uh, his fellow defensive linemen and his teammates that are opposing offensive linemen, like his opponents, but his, they're also his teammates, right? That's where I got stuck there. The, the players he's practicing with and against, right? that's the way to say it, are, are noticing right away how big and how strong he is. I think Justin Jones said, Dexter can bench like 500 pounds or something ridiculous like that. Like, and some of the other guys are talking about, you know, these guys are coming in bigger, faster, and stronger than the veterans did when they were rookies, right? They're seeing these rookies just being better athletes than the players were when, when the, some of the veterans were at their, at their career starts, giving them the impression that like, hey, okay, you take these guys with some really special physical traits, size, speed, strength, length, et cetera, and then you get them up to speed from a technique standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, and you can really create something special for this defensive line. Similar conversation about Darnell Wright, certainly on the offensive line, but Dexter on the defensive line is one who's trying to make some waves in that group and earn some early playing time in that rotation. He's not going to be a starter, doesn't have the starter expectations right away that a Darnell Wright does by comparison, but still a very high draft pick will have high expectations slowly but surely over time. And we got a little bit of a progress report from Matt Eberflus after a day where Dexter had some nice flashes at practice, but we got to keep in mind too that it's early and it's not all just flashes, right? Sometimes there's there's more to it than that that we're not always seeing, certainly when practice isn't open to the public, but also just the, the sort of the learning process along the way. Matt, you guys have talked a lot about rebuilding Jervon's stance from the ground up. Where Where is he at in that kind of process? And are you comfortable that he can make an impact even as during the season as he you still rebuild that? Yeah, I, I think he's working hard on it. You know, he's been working hard on his flexibility with the performance staff. Um, you know, he's been doing different things, Pilates and yoga and different things like that for a big man. You know, it's it's pretty cool for him to see that, working on his flexibility. And he's got to continue to do that and learn his body. You know, uh, as he plays against these pro players, he's got to learn how to play his position. And not only in the pass, but in the run, you know. How do I maintain my gap, you know, on, on play away? How do I maintain and get off, you know, like I do in pass rush every single play in a takeoff position? Because that's new to him. You know, he didn't play that way in Florida. You know, he was square and uh, didn't take off. So now that's a it's a relearning to do that. He's doing it some, but he's got to be more consistent with it. 
it felt to me a little more like Matt Eberflus maybe pumping the brakes a little bit there, right? Saying like, yes, encouraged, on the right path, doing the things we want him to do, but has to do it more consistently, right? And that's sort of his way of saying like, still figuring out, still getting there, still working along that path. So let's not get too out of control with our expectations or our hype with him just yet, but keeping things rolling in the right direction there. I don't think there's any sort of, you know, lack of confidence or lack of, you know, uh, hope and progress for him by any means. It's just another acknowledgement that, yeah, it's going to be a slower process for him and it's going to be a patience game a little bit more with Jervon Dexter than some of the other players like Stevenson and Smith, who we just talked about that are really competing to start right away and maybe exceeding early expectations versus Dexter, maybe slow and steady is going to win the race there. But it is interesting, you know, the, the timing here that I, I think is not deliberate, but it could feel that way, but I don't think it is that on the same day, that, you know, they get the pads on and Dexter starts playing a little bit better that they go out and add another defensive tackle to this defensive line, a veteran, Bravion Roy from the Carolina Panthers spent the last three seasons with there after they drafted him in the sixth round in 2020, but they just waived him over the weekend and the bears claimed him on waivers to add him to this defensive line rotation. Uh, Brave and Roy started 15 games over the last three seasons for them has been essentially like a regular part of their rotation, but certainly not an every down defensive tackle for them. But in their new, you know, in their coaching changeover, he wasn't a great translatable fit. I mean, he, I, I don't know. I think he could have fit in that three, four, but you know, he was a four, three defensive tackle now in the three, four, like in, in their scheme, he played a lot of three technique last season, but has dabbled in some nose and he's listed at 330 pounds. Like I would think at six, one, three and he could fit as a three, four nose or three, four defensive end potentially, but the Panthers saying, uh, I guess, I guess not. And the bears come in and, and bring him in. He's a guy who, you know, he's got one sack in his career. So he's not going to come in and be a premier pass rusher on the interior, but he's got that positional versatility to play both nose and three technique in this bears four three defensive line scheme. And he just gives them some much more veteran experience on the bench, right? You've got Andrew Billings is going to be your starting nose tackle. Presumably Justin Jones is going to be your starting three technique defensive tackle. And then you've got Pickens and Dexter as kind of the backups for those guys. And then after that, it's not a lot of experience there. They, they waived Andrew Brown and are now replacing him with Travion or with uh, Bravion Roy, excuse me. And they've got Travis Bell, the seventh round pick. Jalen Holmes is a guy who was around last season. He's a three technique pass rusher, but uh, you know, kind of a, practice squad, end of the bench type guy. But Roy comes in with some real legitimate NFL experience that can play both spots. And it feels to me like, you know, right now, if I had to bet on what this 53-man roster looked like on that defensive line, it's Jones and Billings as the starters, Pickens and Dexter as the two rookies. And then, you know, a guy like Roy is kind of the fifth defensive tackle who can play both spots. And guys like Jalen Holmes and Travis Bell ultimately end up on the practice squad this season, but hey, still very, very early in training camp. And I mean, Roy was just released from his team for a reason, right? He's not going to come in and dominate necessarily and instantly be a perfect fit. So there's no guaranteed spot for him at this stage of the process, but he feels like he's experienced and consistent enough through his career up to this point that he's got a better shot at making the 53-man roster than most of the other end of the bench guys. And could be a nice little versatile upgrade there that's a little more of a run defender, a little on the bigger side, not an agile, explosive pass rusher, but Good veteran experience there as a backup there instead of all the other rookies and relatively inexperienced players they have on the depth chart. We're still waiting for the defensive end, the veteran pass rusher to come in for agency. Like if you got the news update, Bears signed defensive lineman. You're like, oh, is it is it Justin Houston? Is it Yannick Ngakwe? It's still not there yet. Hasn't happened yet. I think we're all still waiting for it. A lot of Bears fans holding out hope that a pass rusher will come in and be the savior here sooner rather than later, but it hasn't happened 
just quite yet. And they're going forward with the competition of the guys they have on the roster right now, which includes running back, starting running back job up for grabs, Khalil Herbert, Dante Foreman, Roshan Johnson going head to head there. And we got a nice little update on Khalil Herbert and a particular area of weakness in his game in pass protection and how he's approaching things differently this year. And I thought the way he answered a question about it was kind of striking to me. And it was surprising and I, it raises some more questions, I think, than it answered in my mind next on Locked on Bears. Real quick, before we jump into the Khalil Herbert, I want to remind you that we just launched a brand new platform here with the Locked on Bears podcast called Subtext. It's an SMS text messaging form platform that gives you access to me directly. You can text in to me questions comments, suggestions, ideas. And with that, you get exclusive access into our subtext group content. So in that, I'm making exclusive stuff that's just for people who subscribe to the subtext. I'm doing video breakdowns of the All-22 film. I have a complete library of every Bears game from last season in All-22 form. Week one through week 18, I got them all saved where you can get access to, download them, go through them yourself if you like to. And we also have... uh, exclusive charting data. We've got data on Justin Fields, on how he did against certain coverages, how he did throwing certain routes, how DJ Moore did running certain routes, how Darnell Mooney did running different routes, how Khalil Herbert did running different run concepts, comparing them to Dante Foreman, how this Bears defense did in certain coverages. We've got stats, data, analysis, videos, all 22 film, and much, much more coming your way in our subtext group. If you want to join you just go to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBears. Like the, the URL, joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBears. It's $4.99 a month, and I promise we're going to make it worth your while. The podcast will remain free. Everything we do in the podcast is not going to change at all. This is just extra if you want even more Bears news, analysis, content, and access joinsubtext.com slash locked on bears. We're going to do some really cool stuff over there, only available to members of the group. So I highly encourage you to come on over and check that out. We just did on the, the first L22 breakdown in there, a video of Khalil Herbert of breaking down him as a number one running back last season against the New York Giants. Broke down a, a run concept where he made a nice read on a sort of a duo man play. We also broke down him as a receiver making plays in perhaps a, a slightly unexpected or surprising way as well. So lots of great goodies in there. Again, join subtext.com slash locked on bears. But Herbert does need to keep getting better when it comes to pass protection. He needs to keep getting better as a receiver as well and can certainly, you know, every running back's always got room to keep improving as a runner in, in, in a lot of different ways. But for Herbert, like becoming a more well-rounded running back is the key to really holding down that number one job. I think we kind of know pretty well what he is as an explosive runner with great speed. And we saw him be that dynamic ball carrier last season. But you got to be able to be on the field in passing downs, third downs to be that number one guy and eventually you know, earn yourself a bigger contract somewhere down the line. And so Herbert knows that, you know, he's, you know, he's self-aware enough to kind of know his weaknesses and stuff. And he was asked specifically about pass protection. And I thought the answer, especially how he finishes here, what was particularly enlightening and just sort of. I don't know. It just struck me in the different ways. What is it to improving at, at pass pro? Right? Is it technique? Is it desire? Is it mentally knowing the assignment? Like, what what does it take to get better at it? And what are you focusing on? To, to I mean, I feel like it's all of that. Um, you know, mentally, it's a mentality. Um, but then you got to put yourself in the right position, uh, technique wise, um, knowing who you got. Um, you know, so it's it's all 
I feel like all of that encompasses it. Um, knowing where you got to be and putting yourself in the right position. And then once you get there, just going and doing it. You evaluated yourself in that area. What did you think you needed to take the biggest jump in in those three different things? Um, Mentality-wise. Of the three aspects in pass protection that Herbert talked about there, right? He talked about technique and then also, you know, that would be like, you know, having your feet and your hands in the correct places in order to properly block the person in front of you. There's knowing your assignment and being in the right position. You know, that's sort of like mental, like reading, knowing the play, knowing the protection and where the running back is supposed to fit in the protection. And then there's just the mentality of, you know, wanting to be physical and aggressive and take on blocks in that way. And it would seem to me like the easiest of those three things is the mentality, right? That's what you can uni like unilaterally control. No one but you controls that. Like, yeah, you got to practice being in the right position and knowing the play call, knowing the protection call. Like, you got to practice learning what that is and where you're supposed to go. You certainly have to practice technique. You got to do that over and over again to kind of master it. And it's really hard to do. But mentality is a choice that you make. It's a decision you make. And certainly mentality is more natural for some people than others. But it's a weird admission there from Khalil Herbert, right? That Unless he like misheard the question. And th that, that's one of my theories here. Did he mishear the question at the end there when he said mentality is, is what he needed to work on the most? Like is, to me, that sounds like some, like he's what, like not scared to be physical in there, but just not, not wanting to be aggressive, not wanting to be physical, not wanting to be tough. Like that's, that's what the mentality is, right? It's to, I'm going to stick my nose in there. I'm going to hit this guy. I'm going to be physical with him. I'm going to kick his butt. Like I'm going to get him on the ground and I'm going to be more aggressive and more angry and more physical than this defensive player running at me. Like that's what the mentality side of it is. And that's, that, that's the weakness. Like I, I'm surprised he would he would say that and, and admit that. And again, I'm wondering if he misinterpreted the question in, in how he answered that, because like it's just not that, that's just so surprising. You would think like, yeah, you got to work on my technique and my punch. Like it'd be really easy for for you to be able to, you know, just kind of chalk it up that and need to keep working on that for sure. And I think he does. And I think assignment is part of that, too. And so, yeah, like if you're going to be the number one running back, like you got to have that alpha mentality, especially in the NFL, in this football landscape like you got to get in there and be that guy and, uh, you know like there was a later answer that he gave when he's talking about like leadership and how he wants to be more vocal this year so I can sort of see where there's a connection with that just more you know he's been kind of a quieter do it by show type of guy but like I don't know it just doesn't it just really struck me in a way as like mentalities what you got to work on like you're the number one running back you run people over and you outrun people like go out there and just dominate like just go get it what are you waiting for like I don't think Dante Foreman struggles as much with, with, with mentality in that way. He's physical and he's strong and he wants to fight you. And, and is, is Herbert deficient in that area? Is, is Herbert still trying to develop that in his game? I mean, I get when you're the backup or whatever, maybe you don't quite have that pack leader mentality when you're behind David Montgomery or whatever, and you kind of learn your role and your place. You don't want to overstep. I do get that, but like, he's got to have that in him. Like there's, you know, you got that dog inside of you. Like you want your running back to have that. And I, it doesn't seem like he shouldn't have, you know, like it seems like he should have that. We've seen him run like he has that in him. And so for him to, to still kind of be questioning his own mentality in there just struck me as something a little bit strange in that regard. And I'm curious to see if he continues to develop that and how that starts to manifest itself a little bit more in practice and maybe in the regular season, if he gets to be a little bit more physical and if that truly improves his ability in pass protection. Cause I mean, I do think there were times when you watch his pass protection last year, 
he's in the wrong spot or just sets up poorly. Like he knows where he's kind of supposed to go, but doesn't see the where the defender is coming from exactly, and then isn't in the right exact position to, to block him. And certainly, you know, the hands and the feet are not always where they need to be. But maybe some of that can be mentality too of, of really not being afraid to get up under somebody's pads and just punch them, push them, shove them, get them away from your quarterback. And so let's see what that means for Khalil Herbert. But it, I don't know. It just it felt like weakness in a way that wasn't just like vulnerability that's that's like good for you kind of vulnerability but just like a a, a surprising vulnerability that is uh, more like a weakness and less like a showing humility type of thing so keep an eye on Khalil Herbert's mentality moving forward from his own words not not just ours I never like to question another man another football player another human being's toughness and mentality but for him to volunteer that just struck me as strange. I would love to hear what you think about Khalil Herbert's mentality and, and that, that comment from him. I'd love to hear what you think about Jervon Dexter, Bravey and Roy coming in, and the cornerback competition between Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith. Leave a comment on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel. You can post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. You can also text me in the Lockdown Bears subtext group. We'll start including those a little bit more in the podcast here. We'll do exclusive Q&As for the subtext group and so much more there. However you want to communicate, though, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We keep bringing you your Bears training camp updates every day. We're going to get a couple more interviews in the bank here soon. We're going to talk to Robert Schmitz from the Bears blog. One of these days, we're still pinning down an exact time, but definitely interested in coming on, and we're still trying to figure out exactly when's going to work well for both of our schedules, but good to get him back on the podcast. Want to get Brian Perez from Bears Talk back on the podcast and get some more of our favorite people from in and around the Bears team and Chicago Bears media, so that's why you got to subscribe. That's why you got to keep coming back for more, and of course, you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.